from the Lord, and I believe God's going to confirm it this entire week. And how many of us are just ready to hear from God today? Come on. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we agree. Lord, our hearts agree with that declaration of this young servant of God, Lord, that we are waiting in anticipation and expectation. But, Father, we believe, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is going to be poured out fresh and new upon us, Lord God, that every eye shall see, every ear shall hear, every heart shall discern what the Spirit of God is saying to the church of Jesus Christ today. So, God, we thank you. We thank you in advance. Father, we say, Lord, move by the power of your Spirit. We give you authority. We give you permission. So, God, we say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, come. Yes, Lord, move in a fresh way. And, Father, I believe, Lord, that you're going to do something extraordinary. You're going to do something amazing. But, God, let us come with hearts that are ripe, hearts that are ready to receive all that you have for us. And, Lord, we will not be afraid to enter in. We love you today. We love you tonight. And we declare that you are good and your mercy endures forever. We love you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. As you make your way back to your seats, it is so good to be in the presence of the Lord this evening. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you so much. Well, it's so good to be, be back here, and thank you so much for this wonderful invitation from your wonderful pastor, Pastor Finney, and it's just a blessing to be back here. How many of you remember last year? Was it last year sometime? All right, awesome. If, if, if you were not here last year, um, don't worry because you're here this year. And uh, God's going to move by the power of his spirit, and we're going to have a wonderful time. How many of you enjoyed the, the worship uh, team? Come on now. God, God moved upon his spirit. We thank God for you guys, and you're being so open to be used by God in the presence of the Lord. Well, it's so good to be here. Uh, you got to excuse me tonight. We're going to be talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. I got a little confession to make. I, I came in uh, not too long ago uh, uh, from Virginia, and, and so... Uh, be here, you know, he, he fed me some, some authentic Indian food, huh? Come on, somebody. It was, he said, do you want spicy? I said, no, I don't want spicy. But when I got there, it was spicy. So I was feeling heat tonight, but, it, you know, it's good to be uh, in God's house. And uh, it's so nice to have Pastor Jacob uh, uh, from Calcutta, India, uh, here tonight. And he gave me an open invitation to come and minister to his young people uh, there in Calcutta, and it's such a blessing to go there uh, every time I'm invited, and so it feels like I am home tonight. So just give me a little wave offering. If you are alive and well and you love Jesus, come on, give me a little wave offering. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. It's going to be a wonderful time here tonight. You know, as, as uh, Pastor Finney, I uh, set the, the sort of the tempo or the, the theme for this weekend. We're, we're going to have a wonderful, uh, wonderful time, and I know that our focus is going to be uh, 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 the Holy Spirit. And, and God forgot to pour out his spirit upon us. And ye shall receive power. 
And I got to be honest with you, uh, I felt the Lord uh, leading me in one way as I got here. But when I got here, I felt the Lord just kind of lead me in a different way tonight. And uh, I, I believe this with all of my heart. And I, there, there is a major need nowadays for us to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. But the Lord whispered into my ear that it's not that God doesn't want to fill us with his power but it's the reality of do we even realize that we need his power. And oftentimes we can forget that we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes, and I, I'm, I'm sure that, that many of you maybe went through this some, at some point in your walk with God, but how many of you sometimes you try to do things in your own strength, in your own natural ability, and things just doesn't work out? But I don't know about you, but when the power of the Holy Spirit is upon us and he gives us the an ability to do what we cannot do in ourselves, how I many you know it goes a lot better? Tonight, I want to talk to you just a moment tonight, uh, just before we are going to be, uh, just over these next three days, we're going to be talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to be waiting upon the Lord. I believe that God's going to pour out his spirit. I do. I believe that many are going to be touched and healed by the power of of Almighty God, I believe that before you got here tonight, God read your email. He knows what's on your heart. He knows the desires of your heart. And whether they're spoken or unspoken, God's going to speak to you tonight. And the power of the Holy Spirit will minister to you. But tonight I want to talk just very briefly tonight. You know, I was going to, uh, tonight I was kind of, you know, talking about the role of the Holy Spirit and how he wants to empower us. But tonight I believe that God wants to set the tone with this. He wants to remind the church of Jesus Christ that the battle is real. You know, when I came into the faith, I'm going to talk a little bit about that, but uh, when I came into the faith and gave my life to Jesus, it was awesome. Anybody remember when you first got saved? Come on, somebody. You remember when you first gave your life to Jesus? How many of you remember those first a bunch of goosebumps that crawled down your back when you first received Jesus, my prayer is this. In these last days, may we never lose the sight of Jesus. May we never forget what it was like when we first received him into our lives. But I remember when I first came into Jesus, and I was just so excited. I remember hearing that when I asked Jesus to come into my life. You remember this? That the blood of Jesus will wash you of all your sin. Anybody remember that? And I remember when my sins were washed, and I first heard the Sound of the Father say, you are forgiven, you are my child. I just, I remember those days. I remember that time, April 7th, 1999, on a Thursday night. It was powerful. I remember that. But how many of you know that God wants to do a lot more than just save you? God wants to use you. And ye shall receive power. Tonight, what I want to do before we jump into the message tonight, there was a dialogue that Jesus had, if you remember, in the book of Luke chapter 4. I want you to turn it there with me. Luke chapter 4, and I want you to listen to the words of Jesus and his ministry. Luke chapter 4, 
beginning in verse number 18. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. When you have it, say amen. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Before we talk about, and ye shall receive power, I believe that it's extremely important the reason why we are receiving power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we, the Bible says, we shall be his witnesses. Oftentimes in our Christian circles, and we, you know, someone received Jesus, and it's wonderful. But oftentimes, too many times, I'm realizing that the body of Christ is standing still. That we're forgetting the reason why Jesus wants to pour out his spirit upon us. That we want to receive power, but we don't want to move out and do anything for God. But I believe this with all of my heart. The same thing that Jesus spoke about here is the same power that wants to come upon us and in us. Why? To create movement in our spirit so that we can do what God wants us to do. I want to remind the church of Jesus Christ tonight that the battle is real. The battle is real. Tonight we're going to talk just very briefly tonight on this battle. And I don't know about you first, I wanna just go over this really, really quick. But when a person first comes to Jesus, it is extremely important that first, you discover who Jesus is. That a person, whether they come from an unbelieving background or a believing background, the first thing a believer must discover or have an encounter with is Jesus himself. That we know who Jesus is. That would, Have you had that encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Come on, somebody say amen. When you have this encounter with Jesus, it literally transforms your life. This encounter with Jesus is important. Secondly, it's important that we discover that God wants to use us. I remember... Uh, when I first came to Jesus and he washed me of all my sin, I don't know if you have a problem with this too, but I just could not believe that God wanted to use me. I said, God, you want to save me, but Lord, you don't want to use me. How many of you know that God saved us so that he can use us for his glory and his honor? But many times after we discover Jesus, the second thing you got to discover is this, that God wants to use us by the power of of his spirit. Third thing, not only does God want to use you, but you got to discover that, listen, you have spiritual gifts. Come on, somebody. God has given every single last one of us. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, it is just not the pastor who has all the spiritual gifts. 
but the entire body of Christ has spiritual gifts to offer unto God so that he can use you within the body of Christ. Fourth, I had to discover how, watch this now, most people stop at just wanting to know who Jesus is. They never discover how God wants to use them. They never discover that they have spiritual gifts. And they never discover how God wants to use them to influence others. So in other words, we keep Jesus to ourselves, but we say, God, fill us with your spirit. Why? Why would God want to fill me with this Holy Spirit so that he can do what I will and my plan? No, but saying, God, your will be done. How many of you know that we can't do this on our own? You can't come to Jesus on your own. You can't discover your spiritual gifts on your own. You can't influence on your own. How many of you know it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in every single believer? Now listen to this before we talk about this. I'm going to be talking about it more and more tomorrow. I can't wait to, to, to the, workshop, the workshop that is scheduled for Daniel 628. We're going to learn some powerful truths in there. But hear me tonight. God wants to use you. But listen to me. When God uses you, you have to I understand this. Not everyone is going to accept your message. See, I believe that before we talk about this infilling of the Holy Spirit, before God pours out his Holy Spirit, I want to remind the church of this, young people, you are not going to be accepted by many of your friends, by people who you go to school with, by people who you go to work with. Not everyone's going to accept this message. But hear me, let me remind you of this. They're not rejecting you. They have no problem with you. The problem is with the word of God that lives inside of you. The problem is not you, but it's the God in you. I'm, I, I know this to be true because before I came to Jesus, I hung around these guys and they they were very nice to me, and we, we went to the store together. We played basketball together. There was no problem, but the problem came when the Spirit of God came, and he lived inside of me. Now there was light and darkness. There was something that was different inside of me. I was the same guy, but something was going on on the inside. What's your name, man? Jeremiah. Cool, man. If I spit on you, I'm sorry, okay? Is that cool, Jeremiah? Awesome. You don't got to move, though, okay? You stay right there. People don't have a problem with you. Instead, they got a problem with the one in you. You ever notice things change when you mention the name Jesus? Do you? I was, I was, I was walking in a store back at New Jersey with a guy who wasn't from our area. So he didn't know what you're supposed to do or not do. Let's keep it at that. He was from, let's call it Pennsylvania. 
Things are a lot slower there. If you're from Pennsylvania, God bless you, nothing against Pennsylvania, but it was just a little slower. So he came to me. He was working on our church. So I said, hey, man, let's, let's, let's go out. We got to get some material. We're going to get some material to go to Home Depot. Anybody know what Home Depot is? The orange store. Kind of get some supplies. So I'm, I'm in work mode, so we're going to get the material, and we're going to leave, right, so we can get back to the church so we can work on the church. I took the wrong dude. We come to the store, and... I don't know how you guys do it here, but you're not supposed to mess with anybody's kids, okay? Like, in other words, if you see a kid, you're not supposed to really, if you don't know the kid, you don't talk to the kid. You don't play with the kid. That's not your kid. So you just, whatever. And here he is in a Home Depot kind of just messing with all the kids. And I'm sitting there like, I don't know this guy. I, I, I don't know this guy. I'm thinking, let, let's, let's quickly get out of here. And then something happens. You're not going to believe it. In the middle of a Home Depot, I'm talking, it was full. Out of nowhere, he goes, Jesus. I'm thinking. Everyone stops. They're kind of just looking at him. I'll be honest. I'm a pastor. That one caught me off guard. So I quickly kind of do one of these. The name Jesus still has power and authority. Demons still shudder at the name of Jesus. The Bible says there is no other name given to men by which we must be saved. There is power in that name. The name Jesus still has authority, still has power. Jesus, as you know, is known as the, the Word of God. But the Bible says, watch this, the Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I love it how it says it in the a, in a, in a, in a New Living Translation. Listen to what it says. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. Watch this. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The Word of God and the Spirit of God living inside of us exposes our areas of darkness. Only the Word of God can do that, church. Only the Spirit of God can do that. Tonight, I want to talk to you very briefly about this. The battle is real. Come with me to the book of Revelation, our main text tonight. Book of Revelation, beginning in chapter 12, beginning in verse number 7, and 12 and verse 17. Are you ready? All right. You taking notes? Here we go. Verse 7, and there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, 
that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Verse number 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now will come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as a shrink from death. And then verse number 12. Therefore rejoice you heavens and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offspring, those who obey God's commandments and hold to the testimony of Jesus. When I first read this scripture verse here in Revelation chapter 12 here, I read these words and it shakes me to my core. And there was a war in heaven. Now, I know Pastor Finney talks about heaven a lot in his sermons. I'm sure that we all want to go to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing. I don't really know how to sing, but. And shout. Okay. When we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the victory one more time. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. We'll sing and shout the victory. Are we talking about heaven anymore? Are we looking to go there? Exciting times with God? But I read this scripture verse, and the place where I want to go, the Bible says there was a war. Well, what was going on? I don't want to go to a place where there's war. But there was something going on, and it shows us a clear pattern and why every person in this room needs to be full of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, and there was a war in heaven. Now, watch with me a couple things. Three facts before you make yourself available to God to say, God, fill me. A couple things you got to remind yourself of is this. One, you got to know that you're in a battle. In Revelation 12, 7, again, it says, and there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, 
The Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians what this war is all about. You can read it, Ephesians chapter 6, and why God tells us to put on the full armor of God so that we can take our stand against the devil's schemes. But the Bible says that in heaven there was a war. Who was fighting? The enemy himself, the Bible is clear, that the dragon and his angels fought back, but there was a problem. They did not win. Listen, many believers are still unaware of the spiritual battles that you're up against. Can I help us with some things, spirit-filled believers? Things just don't happen. Who rides their planes into a building thinking they're doing a service unto God? Things just don't happen. We got to wake up, spirit-filled believers, and know who's behind that. When I read the scriptures, I realize different things about the spirit of God, also the spirit of evil. And let me just, let me say it this way. Just like God needs a body to operate, so does the enemy himself. If you guys remember when Jesus was ministering and he drove the demons out of a pig and the Bible says that, 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 that those pigs kind of rushed into the water, rushed into the bed. You say, what was going on? They asked him for a body. Things just don't happen. My eyes are open. As spirit-filled believers, we have to remind ourselves of this. There is a war going on, and the battle is real. Now read this scripture. What I love about this is the Bible says that they, they fought back. Second thing you got to remind yourself of is this. You got to know that you're up against the real enemy. Revelation chapter 12, verse 89 says, But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. Where did he go? Where did he go? came to earth. He came to earth. The Bible says the great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan. Watch this. Who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. The Bible tells us of his tactics. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 10, the Bible says, For the accuser of our brothers, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. Let me be clear. You and I cannot fight against the enemy the same way Michael and his angels did. We're not strong enough in our own self. We're not smart enough or wise enough in our own self. You and I have to fight this battle a total different way. Because the Bible says that he accuses us before our God day and night. You know what I call it? A guilty conscience. I don't know about you. You ever been wrestling in prayer and felt like your prayers were hitting the ceiling? 
Have you ever felt like giving up? Have you ever felt like, man, where is God? Have you ever felt, and I believe that the enemy himself whispers to you every time, listen, God doesn't hear you. Listen, God's not with you. We cannot fight the enemy. We're not strong enough to fight him the same way Michael and his angels would. But here's how we fight him. The Bible says that they overcame him I don't got to wrestle with him. We wrestle not with flesh and blood. I don't got to wrestle with him the same way Michael did because he's strong enough. But do you know how I wrestle with him? I got victory in my thought life. Come on, somebody. My thought life is no longer the playground for Satan to have his way. The war begins in your minds. The things we watch, the things we listen to. That's why it's very important. I'm just doing some discipleship things here tonight as well. It's very important that you know how to operate in the word of God. The Bible is clear. The Bible says, but they overcame him by the, by the blood of the lamb. By the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of the Lamb, and the word of our testimony. Here's, here's what I, Jesus did the work, we got to talk about it. Jesus did the work, we got to declare it. Can I remind us of this tonight, church? You and I, we're going through it, I understand the battle is real, I understand that the enemy is real. But we're only telling people of the battle that's already been won. That's why I know I got the victory. Because of what Jesus Christ did for me was more than enough. What Jesus did for you and I is enough. <laughs> His blood still reaches. To the highest, and it flows to the lowest. Come on, worship team. The blood that gives me from, it will, and it reaches. And it flows, the blood, it will never lose. It's the blood that gives me power. The blood washes me, but the cross crucifies me. Oh, come on, somebody. What I love about this gospel is that through Christ, I win. Through Christ, I win. The blood of Jesus, it washes us. The cross, it crucifies us. His spirit comes inside of us and gives us power to what? Power to know this. Power to understand this. See, before I was in darkness, I didn't see the gospel. 
But I'm so thankful that his light shined upon me. And when it did, I opened up my heart to him. And he said, you can't do it on your own, son. I'm going to give you up my Holy Spirit. And it's going to renew you from the inside out. And your life is never going to be the same again. We don't fight the same way Michael fought. But we'll lose every time. I love we got to know that the battle was won. Revelation 12, 8, 9, and 11 says, But he was not strong enough, and they, they lost their place in heaven. A great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Satan, I don't need to touch you, man, because God already touched me. I don't got to touch you. I don't got to touch you. God's spirit is inside of me. His blood speaks for me. I plead the fifth. I don't say a word. His blood has spoken for me. I am forgiven. I am renewed. I am washed. I am free. I mean, I've been set free. Come on, somebody. But I love, do you see the pattern here? The Bible says that the devil knows that his time is what? Short. When he lost his battle, in heaven, here's what I love about you got to read the Bible, man. It's awesome. You know what I love about God? You know what I love about this battle? God didn't have to do nothing. If he wasn't strong enough for God's angel, he wasn't doing nothing with God. God said, I'm going to send my light work. I'm going to send him to do my work. God didn't even have to raise a finger. All he did was give the command. Here's what I love about this. So he gets kicked out of heaven, right? And the Bible says that he's angry. He's burning with anger. And the Bible says he's no longer fighting against Michael. Michael already whipped him. He comes down to earth, and the Bible says very clearly that he is after the woman's offspring. Who is that? Us. But the Bible already said we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Here's what I love about this. Why did Jesus have to come? Kicks him out of heaven. So the enemy says, I'm going to mess with his offspring on earth. I'm going somewhere. Jesus, the father, if you all look all the way back in the book of Genesis, he already starts the motion of the plan of salvation. Jesus has already come. He already knows what he's got to do. It's already prophesied about him what he got to do. But why did Jesus come to earth? Jesus came to earth to give you victory. He was already defeated from the beginning, but he came to earth for us. Does that not give you joy that God came to earth for you and me? For those who believe, for those who receive him, we become the children of God. Here's, here's what I love. The way he got kicked out of heaven, 
was not the same way Jesus dealt with him on earth. The Bible says that Jesus laid down his life. And he came in between God and man. He died on a cross. And the Bible says that he was placed in that tomb three days later. I said three days later. He came up. What was Jesus doing for three days? What was he I don't, what was he, the Bible actually tells us what Jesus did. He said, I kicked you out of heaven. I defeated you on earth, but that ain't good enough. I want to go where you are. I want to go to your home. And the Bible said he did something very strategic. I got a set of keys. Of course you do. Come on, men. The Bible says that Jesus was on a mission to get these keys. And the Bible is clear that he, as Satan held the keys of death, Over us, Jesus left heaven, came to earth, went down into hell. And I bet he thought, how the heck did you get down here? Jesus goes to his territory, takes the keys that held us bound. Death that reigned over us from the time of sin, from the time of Adam. From that time, Jesus said, give me these keys. And what did Jesus do? I believe this, the keys of his salvation. I believe this with all of my heart. But he opens up the door and he says, come in. He opened up heaven's door and said, salvation is given to all of man because of what Jesus Christ does. Oftentimes now, you know what Jesus does? He's, he entrusts us with the gospel. But you know what we do with his keys? We, we put them in our pocket because we're too afraid to share the gospel. We're too afraid to share the gospel. And we keep it to ourselves. And people are lost and locked out of our churches. In the book of Acts, the Bible says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my, my witnesses. In other words, he entrusts me with the keys. As the worship team can come tonight. Tonight, God entrusts us with the gospel. Max, can I ask us a question tonight? 
When is the last time someone got saved in your ministry? If you're thinking about ministry, that you've got to be a pastor of a church, you miss it. The moment Jesus saves you, he's given you the ministry of reconciliation. Bringing lost people to Jesus. Now, does this make sense? God, fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can just stand still. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit because I don't want to be used by you. But tonight I pray that there are people that says, God, I can't move without the power of the Holy Spirit. Because, God, you have entrusted me with the keys. And people's eternity is on the line. God, and I need the power of your Holy Spirit. And that's why I wanted to look at the book of Luke that said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. God wants to anoint us tonight. We have the keys. We have the answer. Will you go where you don't want to go? When I read about this gospel, God's not going to send you to comfortable places. God won't send you to those who believe the same thing you believe. But God is on the move after souls that need him. And that's why we need to be empowered with this Holy Spirit. You say, God, but if you empower me, listen, I want to remind you that in the battle, you're going to get weary. You're going to want to give up. You're going to get discouraged at times. You're going to be disappointed at times. But if you say, God, I want to be used by you, three simple steps. Tonight, simple, encounter Jesus. I'm talking about coming face to face with him. Saying, God, I want to, I want to be empowered by you. You know, as we're going to look at that Daniel 628 workshop tomorrow. I want to touch on something a little bit, though. Bible says that Jesus was tempted. Book of Luke chapter 4. Matthew as well. The Bible says he was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. But before it talks anything about temptation, the Bible says this. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. And he was led by the Holy Spirit. When he came out of that time of temptation, the Bible said the power of the Holy Spirit was upon When you are full of the Holy Spirit, when you are led by the Holy Spirit, you will be tempted at times, but you will be empowered by the Holy Spirit. You say, why? When you encounter Jesus, your life changes.
Secondly, you embrace him. You embrace him. Most people encounter Jesus, but they'll never embrace him. People should be encountering Jesus all the time. Do you know why? Because my Jesus lives in us. Wherever I go, I have the responsibility of being the fragrance of life to people. To others, I'll be a fragrance of death. But if Jesus lives in you, people should smell Jesus all over you. Here's, here's the reality about embracing. You ready? If you're going to embrace Jesus, you can't embrace him with just one hand. You've got to let go. Let go of your sin. Let go of your junk. Let go of your ego. Let go of it all and just say, God, I embrace you. Tonight, God, I let go of my fear. I let go of my worry. I let go of my shame, my doubt. God, and I embrace you tonight. Many people encounter Jesus, but not many embrace him. Lastly, and that's what this weekend is all about. God, God, when I embrace you, God, I want to be empowered by you. I want to be empowered by Jesus. The Bible says when the Spirit of God comes upon you, how do we know? The Bible said you'll speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God enables you. I believe the day is coming when we will not be ashamed to be full of the Holy Spirit. That we'll not be ashamed to be led by His Spirit. But that we'll say, God, this battle is real. We realize what we're up against. We're up against a, a, an enemy that is upset. He's lost. He's defeated. He lost to God in every single arena. And he's after the offspring. What do I do to you? God, my prayer for you is that you will be empowered. You'll be empowered. Empowered to do what? Empowered to do ministry. Yes. Empowered to see the sick. Lay hands upon them and they become well. The power to see blind eyes open. The power to see dead people rise. That same power that rose my Jesus from the dead is the same power that is living inside of me. That same power. Tonight, I want this power. And you shall receive power. Tonight, can we stand to our feet? Tonight, can we stand to our feet? Come on. We're going to give room for God. Tonight. Tonight. I believe tonight is the catalyst for what God's going to do this entire weekend. But tonight is important. I wanted to just simply show you. I felt that God wanted me to show you this battle is real. Because oftentimes we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. But we don't even realize why we need it. But tonight, we say, God, I want to encounter you. I want to embrace you. God, empower me with the Holy Spirit.
That same power that rose Jesus from the dead, that same power lives inside of us. Tonight, simple call. You say, Pastor, I want to be empowered by Jesus tonight. Tonight, I believe this with all of my heart. The moment you say, God, I want to be empowered by you, you have to recognize this. There's got to be movement in your life. It's not being empowered to stand still, church. But it's being empowered to go and make disciples of all nations. If we're going to do this thing God's way, you got to be empowered by him. Tonight, I know that there's a call on your life, but tonight, if you say, Pastor, I'm ready to encounter him. I'm ready to embrace him. God does the infilling. Tonight, if that's you, we're here to seek God tonight. Tonight, I want to pray with you. But as the worship team is going to lead us, tonight, can we clear our pews out tonight and just come up to this front and say, God, empower me with the Holy Spirit. God, consume me with the Spirit of God. Lord, use my body as an instrument for righteousness. God, I want to bring people to Jesus. I want to tell people about Jesus. you got to be empowered by God. Tonight, can you allow God to empower you? Tonight, take a step out of your pew. Let's come around this front. Come on, church. Now is the time. Tonight is the time. Say, Spirit of God, fill me right now, Lord. God is here. God is here. The Lord is in this temple. The Lord wants to speak to us. Jesus. Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, move in the power of your name. God, the battle is real. God, we need you. Tonight. Tonight, would you take a step of faith right at this altar? And here's what we're going to do tonight. All together, we're just going to lift up our hands to Jesus. And to just ask God to fill us, to empower us as we wait on him. I believe that God is going to minister to us tonight. Tonight, as the guys, I want you to come. Men, would you lead the way? Would you come? And as you come, would you just lift up those hands to God tonight? We're going to make this a time of prayer, a time of praise. If you know that God is stirring in your heart, tonight God's going to fill us. God, fill us. God, fill us. Come on, come on. Let's sing that simple chorus tonight. Jesus, Father, we bless your name. We bless your name, Jesus. We bless your name, Jesus.